Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Okay, so we're kicking off our relationship conversation and today... We are discussing conflict in the family. Uh, Paula Quincy is a relationship expert and life coach. She joins us now via all sorts of fancy other things. I think it's Zoom or something. <laughs> Hello, Paula. Hey there, how are you, Camilla? We well. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us this afternoon. We are talking about today conflict in families. You know, it's one of those things, isn't it, that even the best families have conflict. Every family has conflict. <laughs> yeah. And and it's sometimes one of those where you, you assume that because you are going through a conflict, you must be the only family in the world and nobody will understand. Nobody will understand. <laughs> of course, because we think, you know, that, that we're alone in the world when it comes to particularly going through tough situations and that no one would understand what we're going through. So it's obviously worth our while, if we can, to avoid conflict. Or, or is it sometimes necessary, Paula? So conflict, you know, often gets a bad rap in terms of being an ugly thing. It's a horrible thing. People don't like conflict, which is why we avoid it often. Mm. Um, and, and particularly in our, in, in our personal relationships, it's much more emotionally charged because it's either our partner, so there's that, that emotional charge to it, or it's our children or our family members, the people that are closest to us. Mm. But I always like to, to say to people that, you know, conflict is as simple as you and I have a different opinion or a different view. Mm. It doesn't make either one of us right or wrong. It just means we have a different perspective. How do we find a way to see that from each other's perspective and respectfully agree to disagree? It's mm. as simple as that. And 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 and, effort, and often the gift is in knowing how to bring forth whatever it is that you need to say. Have the other person also bring forth whatever they need to say, and as you said, sometimes agree to disagree, but have it anyway. So avoiding it sometimes is not the way to go. No, you know, avoiding it and sweeping it under the carpet, it's just going to keep coming up time and time again with the next argument or the next disagreement that you have. I, I like to call them speed bumps. Mm. We hit speed bumps and, and it's how do we get over the speed bump? You know, and, and conflict is actually just growth trying to happen. It's it's we're being challenged on some level, mm. either a view, a perspective, um, a behavior or something is being challenged and and because we're being challenged we we, we resist it it's like we don't we resist change it's mm. a similar concept but if we step underneath that and we look at where's the growth from like what can i learn about myself what can i learn about the other person or the situation and how can i use that to grow and evolve yeah you know paula i think what makes sometimes um family conflict harder is the fact that you know the world can be quite harsh and and you expect that love comes from the home and when it feels like people don't like what you are saying or your opinion it's harder isn't it it it, it hits home harder because this is where you should be getting love this is where you should be heard this is where you should be receiving all the warmth and when it comes from the home it just is harder so maybe the question i have for you is how do we have the conflict and still remind the people that we are in conflict within the home that that doesn't mean you don't love them mm. and that's often um you know when, when when i'm working with couples or, or families and that it's around understanding that um you know c conflict is not about you the person it's about what's happening it's the situation 
And often we internalize or, or, or interpret conflict as rejection, mm. or we are not loved, we are not liked, we're we're not accepted, we we're, you know, we're just that horrible person, mm. and and that person doesn't want us anymore they don't love us anymore and that's not necessarily true hmm. every single couple or household is going to have conflict and that doesn't mean that your relationship is over or that it's not working or that you don't love each other or you're not meant to be together anymore it just means it's feedback there's feedback that something is going on and how do we take the feedback and use that to find a solution is it sometimes necessary to read it and and say no more? So so we've had this conversation. It's not actually achieving anything. It's not going anywhere. It's rather eroding more than building and it's time to stop. Should we be able to have those skills to say at this moment it's not worth having this conflict? I think this is on two levels. One where you need to put a boundary down, particularly if it's something like like abusive behavior, so so verbal abuse or, or, or you know things like that. Mm. On the other hand, it's also about you know picking your battles. Is it really worth fighting about and making a big scene about it? Our relationship is so much more than that, but we're focusing on this one little thing. So don't sweat the small stuff. You know, is it really worth all the fighting and the drama and, and everything that you're going through in your relationship? How can we take a step back and look at that bigger picture and go, we're so much more than this thing? I mean, I, I hear that. But but what happens, Paula, where you have personalities, especially in a family where there's always a dominant one, you know, the one that always gets their way, their, their way and that their word is always final and there's always the one person that always retreats, that always retreats. There is a danger, isn't it, with a person like that, that they never actually get to be heard. Yeah, and this does happen, um, and I think we, we might have spoken before around the minimizer-maximizer conflict management styles. And this is where both couples have to work together to co-create that safe space, that relational space where we can have communication, when we can connect, when we can create emotional safety to hear each other's voices. The quieter one or the one that shuts down and withdraws and avoids conflict and, and the, the, the maximizer, which is the one that's the, seen as the domineering personality. And mm. this is where communication skills come in. Mm. Can you teach somebody new communication skills as an adult? Can you? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If there's a willingness to learn because you know it's going to improve your relationship and because you value your partner and you respect your partner and your relationship and you want to succeed together, you can learn anything you want when it comes to growing as a person in your relationship. Mm, okay, let's open the lines. I'm sure lots of people want to talk about this. Let's open the lines. 011-714-2006. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 614 And really, it's about managing conflict. You may be in a relationship where you're constantly fighting, where you're finding yourself that you just, with all the love in the world, you still find yourselves always disagreeing is that common paula is it is it common for people to find themselves at a space where everything about what their ideas are at a specific time just doesn't connect they just find themselves at complete opposite ends of the world is there something always deeper than the issue when that happens there could be underlying issues there. So it could be things like you don't share the same value system. Mm -hmm. um, you don't you don't share the same lifestyle or, or, or interests. 
um, and then how how can you find a middle ground and create new um, lifestyles and interests together as a couple to build you and grow you instead of growing apart. Mm -hmm. It could be that there are some deeper issues there that need to be addressed through self-work and, and therapy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it could be that the life stage you're in is you're now shifted in, especially if there's a big age gap between you. You know, you might have moved into a different life stage. This one is a different life stage and you're just not connecting. I was going to ask you exactly about that because maybe I want to ask if do people actually, do people change? Because... You know, sometimes you may find in the beginning of the relationship, everything about this person was just so wonderful, was just so wonderful and so cool. Even if they were throwing their socks around, it was just, he's just so cool. And then after a while, it really irritates <laughs> the sock smell, right? Nothing cool about it. That's sexy. No, nothing cool about it. Actually, it's irritating their smell and they must just get their act together. What is that? Is that, as you said, you know, um, a growth thing? Is it because someone has changed or is it because something else is going on? So we, we naturally change. The longer we're in a relationship and we evolve and grow, we do change on an individual level based on where we're at in life and our experiences and all those kind of things. So there is natural change and evolvement mm -hmm. individually and from a relationship point of view. In the beginning stages, the honeymoon romantic phase, of course we love everything about our partners. But we move into the next stage of our relationship cycle that all couples go through, and that's the power struggle phase, where all these little things start irritating us about our partners. The things we loved about them are the things we hate about mm -hmm. them now. And underneath that, that is more around my emotional need, needs are not being met in some way, form, or shape. Mm. But often we don't know what it is or we don't know how to articulate it or express it. So we focus on the object of our frustration, mm -hmm. which is the smelly socks. Mm -hmm. How do we not allow other circumstances, serious circumstances? It could be grief. It could be loss of income. It could be a real uh, difficult financial time that the family is going through. How do we allow that not to take over and actually be the reason for conflict? And that's where it always comes back to self. How am I showing up and how am I co-creating the relational space mm. in my relationship? That space between you and me, which is where our relationship lives. So taking ownership of self and your own behaviors and actions and how they are impacting others, communicating what's going on inside of me and how do I need my partner to be there for me and support me through this. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, if you don't let your partner in and know what's going on inside of you, you can't expect them to be there and support you because they're not mind readers either. Mm -hmm. And then there's another element. I often think that um, marriage is, is very little of marriage is about the two people. It's actually about the things, the other people that come along with the partners, right? So when you get married, it's not about you anymore. It's about you your two families coming together because that's essentially what you're doing. You're bringing other people into this union. And when that happens, it could be beautiful or it could be really, really difficult because you're not managing just two people's relationships here and personalities. You're managing the community's relationships and personalities. Absolutely. Family dynamics can play such an important role, positively or negatively. 
they provide a great source of support and nurturing and, and people that we share memories and moments and, and that with. But at the same time, they can live in that space in the middle between us and cause conflict. Mm. And this is where as a couple, very early on in the relationship, one of the conversations you need to have is what are the boundaries that we're going to put down to protect ourselves in our relationship in terms of each other and how we will act and behave towards each other but also with not allowing external influences to come in between us mm. and meddle in our relationship. Mm. And, and I mean, there, there are people who they have been connected to their family and that bond is so strong, you cannot move it. Is it even your place to even say, you know, um, let's just remember I'm here? So, so the, the worst thing to do is, is give an ultimatum and say your family or me. Yeah. That never Ultimatums never work out. Mm-hmm. But it's about sitting down and saying, where do we find the balance in that? You, you have time with family and family is important, but we, we, we are our own family. You and me as a partner, we are our own family. And if children come into it, we are our own family unit. How does our own family unit become a priority and have equal priority to the other relationships in our life that play an important role. Some steps, Paula, maybe um, some guidelines from you in in managing conflict, either with extended people, whether it's family or even yourself and children. And sometimes, you know, children can themselves play you. You know that um, where they they would go to the one parent and say, well, you know, this is what the one parent said. And the, the, they would always sometimes do what they can if they can divide you guys for yeah. their own benefit. How do we, you know, coexist in family units where there will inevitably be conflict but in such a way that it never ends in a because it sometimes does it never ends in a complete end of the family unit absolutely so couples need to sit down and agree in terms of how will we deal with conflict because we are going to have conflict Mm. whether we like it or not Mm. realistic we're going to have conflict how are we going to deal with conflict and what are the what are the ground rules so for example if we get into conflict we're not going to swear at each other and be disrespectful and call each other names, for example. Mm. Or we're not going to be abusive towards each other. Those are the ground rules. Um, things that work for you because every relationship is different. So, for example, we're not going to go to bed angry. We're going to try and resolve it. Or we will put a pause on it and we will make time to give that particular topic and conversation the time it deserves because it's important to us. Mm. Understanding that you, there are going to be times where you're going to disagree. So how do you disagree respectfully and still focus in, on your relationship? Um, finding a solution. So going in with the right mindset. For every problem, there is a solution. Hmm. How do we find the solution that works for both of us and takes both of our needs into account? And then where you have the conversation is important. So so not the bedroom, not when you're walking past each other in the passageway, um, on the phone or via WhatsApp or or voice notes or texting. Because we are important to each other, let us sit down face to face and co-create and solve this together, find solutions. Is the reason for not the bedroom what I think the reason is? Okay. No, that's fine. Sorry, I was distracted there, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Paula. Go on. 
And most important um, is couples need to present a united front. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with kids that you use, kids are going to play you. It's part of their growing up. They're going to test the boundaries. But you as a couple need to stand united on the same page and know that you trust each other. You've got each other's backs. You can rely on each other. You can depend on each other. You're there for each other Mm -hmm. against the kids and against everybody else, but that you also stand for each other. Mm -hmm. So our relationship is where we commit to each other and commit to growing and evolving together. And sometimes that is getting feedback Mm. as to what we're doing or not doing and how we're impacting our partner. We've almost talked about simple conflict, Paula, but there are some times where there really is, you know, there are big, big problems and it could be things that are, um, systemic in the family. It could be drug use by the one partner yeah. or the one family member. It could be alcohol. It could be gambling. Those kind of very, very difficult um, uh, issues that, that sometimes present themselves with with making decisions that are life-altering. How mm. do you, and, and I've heard people say, well, you know, the o- we've been told the only way to get around this is to completely ostracize that individual you know, bringing almost a, an, a, an end to the family unit. How how um, would you suggest people who are maybe battling with a child who's an addict deal with that kind of conflict? Um, maybe a partner who's an alcoholic who still needs to be a parent to other, you know, to the children and so on. How do you suggest that that kind of conflict gets resolved? And this can add huge strains to a relationship and the family dynamics. Mm-hmm. And so, first of all, in terms of the the, the person that is not the the, the, the one in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, realize that your your responsibility only lies so far in the relationship. You are not responsible for your partner's actions, and it's not up to you to fix your partner or save your partner. They mm-hmm. have to take accountability and responsibility for that. You can support them, you can be there for them, you can encourage them, but you can't fix them and you can't take it on as your burden. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it does start impacting your relationship, which it invariably does, mm-hmm. it's about, um, so people call it the tough love thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much the tough love thing, but the, how do you stop enabling them? Mm-hmm. Because over time with your own behaviors, you've enabled the situation. Mm-hmm. And by keep rescuing them or fixing them or trying to you know, be the parent, you, you are enabling them to keep doing more of the same. Mm-hmm. And then that person has to be wanting to and willing to change and willing to seek help. And that could be things like going for counseling and therapy and stuff to deal with their problem and their issues. And does tough love, does it have to get to a point where you literally call it, where you've done all of this? You know, you've asked for for, for help. We, we've tried that route, whether it's rehab, whether it's counseling, whatever, and it has not worked. Is it necessary to get to a point where you, you call it a day? If, if you if it is really affecting you on a level mm. in terms of your own mental health and well-being and your own physical safety and stuff like that, you may need to make that tough decision mm. because your personal safety and that of your children and your well-being comes first. Paula, we've got some and voice notes. I want you to maybe listen yes. to these and then let's see if we can help respond to some of these. Sure. Hello, Pamela. Oh, such a... Know, great topic uh, especially on uh, siblings conflict I think so when do you you know decide to say it's enough especially if 
maybe one of the siblings is very abusive towards others and um, there is no you know solution to that so when does one say it's enough and when you say it's enough what do you do do you stop talking to your sibling or do you try to find ways to resolve the conflict thanks this is Sebiso. good afternoon Pimela. what an interesting topic to me, there can be underlying um, issues. Fine. In a relationship, it's it's about whether you understand yourself. Why did you get involved in that relationship? Because, like, for instance, you cannot be with somebody. Like, for instance, if you are a church person, you can't be with a party animal. That is not going to work. Obviously, we are in two different worlds, right? And in families, in most of the time, is those unresolved issues that always cripple in and sometimes it's a money issue. People who have money, they want to have the last word in a family, but mostly it's all about accepting yourself. And also in families is that competition thing. They're competing with and stuff like that. So it's all about understanding yourself and know what you want especially in relationships because you choose in a relationship whereas in a family uh, you don't have much choice so in a relationship be with somebody who has the same values and principles as you so if you're outspoken like me you can't be with an introvert because you're a cheddar box you want to talk you want to talk about current affairs and all those things <laughs> that's funny Okay, so let's let's go to let's start with the first voice note where the person was saying, you know, I think it's a conflict with amongst siblings, and there is one, I think, a bully in in the, she says quite abusive, and she's asking what the best decision would be for the other siblings. I think this is often where we struggle, particularly with family members or friends, is that. You know, it's okay to say no. It's okay to just put that boundary down and say no more and not feel guilty about it. But because it, it's not about the person, it's about the impact that it's having on you, mm-hmm. your mental well-being, your um, physical, emotional well-being, whatever it might be. And sometimes yeah, relationships do get to that point where it is is irreparable. Mm-hmm. They, they, there's just too much damage that's been done and, and neither party can find it to find a way forward yeah. but be okay with the decision that you've made because this is about you and not that person mm-hmm. you know if you're just cutting that person off to spite them or get back at them not or gonna work. you know yeah. revenge that kind of thing that's not going to work so so do the right thing that's right for you be okay with the decision um you know understand if you're feeling guilt why process it deal with it but it's about the boundary that you're putting down for your life and the way that you want to live and the lifestyle that you want to live and whether that kind of behavior or space has a place in your life or not. Um, the one voice note spoke about self-acceptance and how I suppose it's taking responsibility uh, of how you bring yourself to the conflict. Yeah, and that's where I spoke about, you know, in terms of understanding your conflict management style. Do you avoid it? Do you come out attacking, naming, shaming, blaming, um, taking ownership and accountability of your behaviors and your actions that contribute and co-create to your relationship space and the health and the quality of your relationship? Being willing to find solutions and move forward. And this is often where people talk about compromise. And, you know, compromise has that negative connotation. I've got to give in or give up something to get something. Mm-hmm. So rather reframe it and look at it as contribution. What is my contribution to this? Because 
I value it and I value my partner, I value the relationship. Here's a message that's asking about, in fact, let's go to David quickly before we go to the message. David is calling us from Durban. Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? We well. Thanks for calling, David. Thanks, thanks. Look, I just want to comment on uh, uh, a remark that your guest made. Uh, normally, you know, in a situation, look, I'm, I'm a struggling gambler. I gamble. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been struggling with it for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came to a point where, as she said, it became hard to manage for my, for my wife and my kids. Uh, at one point, it became uh, dangerous because of the decisions I was making to, you know, to get money to gamble and etc. But what happened was she applied for divorce and, you know, she literally I was living out of a friend's house mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I had nowhere to stay, nothing to eat. And, you know, by the grace of God, I, I decided to, to go for counseling and find my way. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is that, you know, after I got a, a job and I started being a little bit successful, getting myself back, uh, she decided, look, we can make things work now. You can come back. But the thing is, you left me out when I really needed you the most. And, you know, sometimes tough love is not what's needed. You know, if I had my support, they helped me financially to, to set, sort out debts. They helped me emotionally when I was down and out. But they never actually pushed me to go for counseling or, you know, join me for counseling or be part of the recovery. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? I, I so, understand you, but David, if she had not kicked you out, would you have gotten to a point where you saw the need to get help? Yes, 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 I would have. Because, um, you see, the, the thing is, when you're gambling, it's an addiction just like alcohol, drugs. It's an impulse-driven thing. You know, you get these feelings of emotion. Um, you know, that, that it affects your decision-making. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it's not something that you are cured from. It's something that you have to deal with the proper steps and, you know, follow the counseling, the routine, and etc. So, you're taking me back. I still have the problem, yet I'm better managing it. But in the 12 years, have you been together? I said I, was, I probably was gambling for around six years. I was put at a point where I'm divorcing you. I want the house. I want the car. I want everything. If you decide to fight me, I will take you to court. And she knew I couldn't afford it. And I, I, I literally went through the process of signing the summons and staying with a friend and, you know, getting myself back together. And it took me. It took, it, it, it's hard. You know, I'm currently still... Uh, I, I've got a job. I've, I've, I'm currently... Uh, do it quite well, and by the grace of God, I feel that you know going home is important because you know I still love my wife, I love my kids, and besides the gambling and the horrific things that I did, I didn't realize that you know that. But what I'm saying is, try to follow the proper steps before you decide. Because had, had she taken me for counseling, and you know uh, the guest said that you know we we are not going to hold your hand, push him out, and put them out, and let them feel the hardship, and then they'll come through. That worked for me. David, David, you said you were gambling for six years. Yes, correct. And you're still upset that she was upset? Yeah, she was. was But one, two, three, four, five, six years? And you're upset that she was upset that you were gambling for six years? I'll I'll be honest with you. It wasn't uh, like every addiction. the, The beginning phases is basically contained because, you know, you, 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 you're doing it. Uh, under the cover, no one, you're still following your same routine at home. And it only becomes a problem when you cannot afford the, the, the You think so, David. It's what you think. You Have you have you thought about the impact your gambling had on others? I'm getting the sense that you are still upset about how they reacted to your gambling. I wonder if you've checked in with yourself. 
Yeah, I know. It, it's been a it's been a tough ride, though. But you still uh, you still upset about them, how, and how they reacted? No, I'm, to be honest with you, with all due respect, I'm not upset with them. I'm okay. upset with myself okay. that I allowed it to get to that point. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Paula a quick um, um, minute to just respond to you, David. Thank you. And I think that I think you're right. That's often, um, you know, where we don't realize um, the impact that we're having on others. When it comes to addictions of all forms and 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 and, and shapes, it's often a coping mechanism for underlying issues. Mm. We're using it as a scape or as a as a tool or something to fulfill a need inside of us that mm. that we're not able to get to, and that's where the therapy and all of that is important. But Often we don't put ourselves in the other person's shoes to understand what does it feel like to see it from their side and, and the trauma and the grief and the frustration and the feeling helpless and hopeless and seeing this person that you love go through this, but you just can't get to them. You can't reach them no matter how hard you try. And it can be as equally traumatic for the other members of, of the family that go through this. Yeah, it's 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 it, it. Yeah, I think it's quite a lot. But I mean, look, he's brave enough to talk about his story, and I commend him for that. Which I think is so. Um, I think it could be part of his healing. You know, Paula, thank you so much. How do people get hold of you? So you can find me on on all the social media platforms. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then my um, and I'm on YouTube as well. And then my website is paulaquincy.com. Excellent, Paula Quincy. Thank you very much. She is a relationship expert and a life coach, and that will be available as a podcast. Two o'clock, let's go to have the very latest in SABC News.